Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
Why are the children here? Aren't they going to their church? Well, there's no church for the children today. Father, we thank you for this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Is that a problem? Is that a situation? For the children? Sister Nenequia, is that a problem? It's not a problem. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Amen. My heart will trust in you. Though I walk through the fall of shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Hallelujah. Well, that was an interesting social interaction with the La Coupe du Monde or the World Cup. Everybody had a reason to support who they want to support. That's all. There's nothing wrong with it. Someone said he cannot support a colonial master. Another person, another person also said that he cannot support when his brothers are playing. Whether, whether his brothers are went where, where there by the boat or the ship, they are still his brothers, so he will support them. So it depends. Was the French team was basically Francophone Africa playing. When he had Mbappe, Zuzi, Pogba, these are all. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's good. It's good to be free in church. Hallelujah. It will amaze you that one of the greatest commandments or the most important meeting that Jesus Christ had before leaving earth was over food. The last supper was over food. They, actually, they were eating. It wasn't a prayer meeting. It wasn't a retreat. It was something over food. The most spiritual meeting was over food. It wasn't prayer meeting. It wasn't retreat. It wasn't all night. They were eating. Then he gave the commandments. It's, it will amaze you. Hallelujah. So sometimes you, you don't know how the spirit moves. But we are happy to be in church. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. My whole... I try to take lessons from everything. My whole let's take away lesson from the World Cup is that don't try to go down too much. When you are down too much, it will sometimes difficult to fight back. <laughs> See? Don't be... Don't, don't go down too much. I mean, I think they went down too much. Croatia went down too much. You know, it was 2 1. You know, so, so in your life, don't try to go down too much. Try, try, try to get back quickly before it's too late. Mm. 
that's my whole take home. Hallelujah. Amen. How to preach salvation. I said how to preach salvation. Hallelujah. Today we are going to talk about, uh, still talking about how to preach salvation. We're going to talk about the good Samaritan. Hallelujah. Because last week when I was teaching the children at the back, somebody said, why don't you talk about the good Samaritan? That's okay, I'll talk about the good Samaritan. One of the children at the back, when I was having my... Uh, who Christ said it? That a good Samaritan. That's okay, we'll talk about the good Samaritan. <laughs> so we are talking about the good Samaritan. Hallelujah. Who said it? I'm trying to remember the child. Hallelujah. So we can learn some lessons. These are all salvation messages. I talk about salvation and the love of God. Father, we thank you this afternoon. Thank you for your presence and your spirit. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Thank you for our liberty that we have in Christ. Speak to us. Direct us. And may we receive help, wisdom, and direction. Your, your, your word says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. May we not lack knowledge as we live here. That we will perish. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bible with me. If you came to your Bible, let's read Luke chapter 10 from verse 30. Luke 10. And Jesus answered and said, somebody asked a question, who's my neighbor? So that's why the answer came. And Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Hmm. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in the oil and the wine. And set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Amen. Jesus gave this parable about who is your neighbor, salvation, and the love of God. Hallelujah. As we listen to this, Jesus, anytime Jesus speaks, his words are the words, of, the, word of, the words of God. Jesus is not Paul. He's not Peter. Those are the words of God. Hallelujah. So his words must always be rated above Paul, Paul's writings. And he said, if you're talking about true neighbor, who is my neighbor? Somebody who cares. Then he gave this story. So a certain man. Okay? A certain man. Journeyed. He said, a certain man went down, not up. A certain man went down, not up. Down from Jericho, to, from Jer- went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Listen to me. Jerusalem, and I've been to Israel before. And I think we went on that trip. We went to Jerusalem. And then we, went, we, we, we took the trip to Jericho. 
And when you go, you understand the story. I see you going to Israel one day. I see, I see you going to Israel one day. You will, I see you going to Israel one day. You see, you will understand. To move from Jerusalem to Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem is a hill. Jerusalem is actually a city on a hill. And Jericho is downhill. And to, so to, the only way you can move from Jerusalem to Jericho is to go down. If you leave Jerusalem to go to Jericho, you will go down. The only way. And the Bible says he went down. And the Bible says Jerusalem is the city of God. The city of David. A city on a hill. Anytime you leave the God's city, God's church, you go down. Anytime. Make no mistake. I am tired. I don't want to be in a church. Let me tell you something. The safest place is the city on a hill. Every time you have seen people leave the church of God and their life only go down. Because from Jerusalem to Jericho, you go down. Yeah. From Jerusalem to Jericho, you go down. See people, oh, I'm tired of this church. I'm too, this too much. I can't come again. When you see them two years, three years down, their life has gone down. When you leave Jerusalem, you go down. He left Jerusalem down to Jericho. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you are being tempted to leave Jerusalem, remember, no matter the temptation or the appeal, your life, can only, your life will only go down. There is no way you can leave Jerusalem and go up. You go down. A city on a hill is Jerusalem. God's house is Jerusalem. Jerusalem. God's house, God's city, the church. As, see, the say, as the mouth is around Jerusalem, so is God around his people. Why do you want to leave Jerusalem? Hallelujah. As, as the mouth is around Jerusalem, you only go down. You only go down when you leave Jerusalem. Because in Jerusalem, there's security. In Jerusalem, there's protection. I, 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 can, I can say with my little, my little experience as, as a pastor, I have seen that most times, any, as people leave the church, when you see them five years down the line, their life hasn't gone up. That is why I always tell couples, if your spouse is telling you to leave the church, be careful. Because all the people that I have seen, that I have seen, whose spouse have negotiated for them to leave the church. What has happened? That they want to control you, but the church is not allowing them. So they take you out of the church so they can control you. I'm preaching. That's what I've seen. That is what I've seen with my eyes. Because as the pastor is there, the pastor will point out to the wife that your behavior is bizarre. You are being some way. And because they don't want to stand that, they will tell the husband, let's leave the church. So when they take you out, then they will control you. I'm preaching here. I've seen it with my own eyes. It's, I'm not making it. I've seen it with my own eyes. So I've seen that people who want to control people, who want to dominate them, they are the ones who say, let's get out of the church. Because what they want to do to you with the church is not allowing it. I'm preaching to you. So when you hear that strong statement, let's leave, let's leave, ask they, they are just trying to get you out of Jerusalem. 
you will only go down. Yeah. Especially, especially with a woman. Because most women naturally will prefer for their husbands to be in church. So if you see a woman, and because most women, even, even it's their prayer, let my husband be in church. Because they know that this guy, the way he is, the only thing that can secure him is Reverend Osei. So they would they rather bring him to Reverend Osei so that I can secure him. So if you see a woman who is taking the husband away from Reverend Osei, <laughs> I am the pastor. Most wives tell me privately, Reverend, try and get close to my husband. Because they know that when I, when I secure the person, they are safe. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a, a good strategy. They know that if Reverend can get my husband involved in the church, I'm safe. So when you see the reverse, when the wife is lobbying for the husband to get out, that is Jerusalem, Jericho. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 12. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 12. Quickly. You see, the next thing I want to say is that you see, nobody knows tomorrow. He left. I'm sure when the guy was leaving, Little did he know the journey. Little did he know the outcome. A lot of times we don't even know the outcome. You see, it takes the grace of God to go and come. I say it takes the grace of God to go and come. It actually takes the grace of God. Most of the time when we leave our house, we don't know what will happen. Every time you leave your house on two feet, and come back on two feet. Thank God. Because you can leave your house on two feet and come back in a stretcher. Or cannot even come back at all. It takes the grace of God. I say it takes the grace of God. Yeah. That is why one of the blessings that God blessed the people of Israel. The priest said, say, bless, say, say, you are blessed going out and you are blessed coming in. It's actually a blessing. You are blessed going out and you are blessed coming in. May you be blessed going out. May you be blessed coming in. You see, and let, me, let me pray one prayer for you. May any decision that will move you from Jerusalem to Jericho be cancelled. I say, may any idea that will move you from Jerusalem to Jericho be cancelled. Yeah. We cancel such. You see, some decisions will only harm you. But today, may any decision that you take that will make you go downhill, may it be cancelled. Yeah. Because we all don't know. Ecclesiastes says, for as a man knoweth not, you see, this Ecclesiastes, for, for man also knoweth not his time. As the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. That, that's, that's how it is. Evil. So it takes the grace of God. It takes God's mercy to go and come. But I pray for you especially to cancel every Jerusalem to Jericho decision. May you not become a victim. Yeah. Hallelujah. So he journeyed. And the Bible said he fell. You see? He fell among thieves. Yeah. Go back to our parable. He fell among thieves. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very sad. He fell among thieves. And they maltreated him. Go back, go back to that verse. You know? He fell among thieves. And there was a, a certain priest. Okay? A certain priest. By chance. I want to show that scripture, please. Yeah. Go back to verse 31. And by chance, and by chance, they came a certain priest. By chance. By chance. You know? Are you surprised the guy didn't help him? Are you surprised the priest didn't help him? Yeah. By chance. And you know why? Because he came upon him by chance. Never be a shepherd or a pastor by chance. You just happen to be a pastor by chance. No. It must be a call. There must be a purpose. <laughs> by chance. May God deliver you from a by chance pastor. Look, don't, don't take your shepherd by chance. It must be a call. It must be a purpose. By chance. Don't always look. Pray that God will not give you a by chance, Pastor. The person just happenstance. A didn't work, B didn't work, C no case, and now I'm a man of God. Exactly. By chance. Not that there is a call or a purpose. Because when you meet a, a pastor or a shepherd who is by chance, he is it by chance and by chance. That's why the, the guy came there by chance. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't a call. It wasn't a purpose by chance. And that is why you should not serve God or do the work of God by chance. Be led by it. By chance. Unfortunately, actually I'm preaching to myself. I'm a pastor too. Unfortunately, there are some pastors who are by chance. Oh yeah. Some pastor, unfortunately, I'm a pastor. I've seen some people by chance. It's like, if things were to go your way, you would not be a pastor. If things were to go your way, you would not be a shepherd. Don't be a by chance. Don't be a by chance choirista. You are in the choir by chance. If you had your own way, you would not be there. The guy went there by chance. Hallelujah. Yeah. And he passed by. He didn't even mind him. He passed by on the other side because he's a by chance pastor. <laughs> Father, we cancel every by chance ministry and by chance pastor. Let people serve you with a call and a commission. Yeah. Because you see, it will put a toll and a demand on you. So if you want to do it by chance, you won't do it. Yeah. Hallelujah. And when he passed him, he passed by on the other side. Then, next one. And likewise, a Levite. When he was coming to the center, I looked upon him and passed by on the other side. But the other guy, but a Samaritan, he did not get a by chance. He journeyed. He journeyed. He was there. He journeyed. Journeyed. To journey means you were intentionally going somewhere. Journeyed. The other one was by chance. He journeyed. <laughs> okay? And when he saw him, 
First of all, let, let's go back again. All of us will expect that the priest will take care of him. Or the, some, or, or, or the Levite. Who was the, the man was a Levite. His own countryman. His own countryman will take care of him. His own countryman. But rather it was a Samaritan. All related. How many times haven't we been disappointed when we look at a particular area for help and find out it was not so? Yes. The next thing I want us to learn, sometimes or most of the time, our help comes from unlikely sources. Yeah. Unexpected. You would think that, oh, since me and you are in the same area, why don't you help me? Yeah. But see, but you see, if you are a Christian, you must learn about it. I will lift up my eyes onto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from God. God can use anybody to help you. So stop looking in a particular direction for help. That's why you are disappointed. That is why you are frustrated. That is why you married a girl next door and there's a lot of problems. You didn't know that maybe you could have married a girl from China and your life would have been better. <laughs> I'm preaching. I'm preaching. What you didn't know is that a Shanghai girl <laughs> will, will, have, will have a better wife to you. Will have given you Chinese rice and Chinese massage. <laughs> and Chinese fried rice. But, 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 you see, I'm speaking. You see, but your mother was so insistent. No, you can't marry from this tribe. You can't marry from this tribe. So you chose uh, this particular one who you are from the same hometown, the same background, the same food, and she's preparing you because her help can come from another direction. So be careful. Don't expect help in the direction. Yeah. For all that you know, Unlikely source. That's what's a shock. You see, I'm saying that because you see, most of us have a way of looking in a particular direction. That's why, even as a pastor, when you are raising funds, unless you, unless, you, unless you started being a pastor today, when you are raising funds, you have to lift your eyes to God. Because usually, the people that you think you will give, they don't give. The ones that you think they will give, they don't give. Rather, the one that you don't expect, they'd rather give. Because the one that you think they'll give, you have, oh, this man is rich. He has this amount of money. Shelly. You'll be, Shelly, you'll be disappointed. But rather, the one will you be surprised. Hallelujah. So, so, let's be careful about focusing. You think, you see, and, 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 and that is what nearly cost Naaman his blessing. When Naaman came to see Elisha, he was expecting a particular way. He was expecting that if I have come and they say you are powerful, then at least come to my house. Come, come there, bring me to my house, do some miracles, pour some oil on me. So, so, so when Naaman uh, said, go and bath, he said, what? I'm expecting something different. You mean I came all the way, you're going to let me go and bath? And there better rivers, Abana and Fafa, that I could have bathed in. I need to see some power. Go and bath. 
You see, because he had a mind how a miracle should happen. And that's how most of us are. We have a mind what a breakthrough will come in. We have a mind what a, a job should look like. Let me tell you something. I got this wisdom from Bishop. And, I, and somebody, I'll share with you. So most of us have a mind how you should eat. See, it's a mistake. So far as you are concerned, for a man to eat, he must get up, go to work, nine to five. You see, that's your mind. That's why you can't do anything different. But sometimes, even, you see, that mind, that mind can cripple you. You must have an open mind. Know that a man can eat by many means. That's what you need to know. But you are, you are so fixated on a particular way that people should eat. Especially if you saw your father doing nine to five. You have a fixed way of prosperity. But you'll be surprised. That, see, you'll be surprised that no. God can bless you by any means. You don't have to do nine to five. You'll be surprised. That God can prosper you in other ways. You can sell something and be better than someone who does 95. And I know doctors. I'm surprised. Even currently, some of the most richest doctors are not doing clinical medicine. No! They are to research. They are selling something. They are developing a product. Yeah! So, 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 so that thing. Hey! God, see, give us this day our daily bread. At the end of the day, it is the bread. How the bread is made is not your, your concern. That's why he told us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Whether, whether the bread, you see, you, see, you see, our daily bread, you are not concerned about whether, where the flour came from, where the donut came from. God did not give you the flour and the make it to make it. You are asking for bread. You are not asking for the ingredients. What are the rains are bringing it? That is why recently I was talking to one of my daughters and I said, ah, why don't you pray and believe God that you marry a rich man? Why do you want to work? <laughs> somebody receive that blessing. I said, somebody receive that blessing. Is it, is it a reverse? Ah, but think about it. I said, I said, why do you want to go to work? I said, why do you want to work? To buy a car, food. I said, you marry a rich man, he'll give you a car. He'll give you a house. He'll give you food. He'll give you a land. do everything. So what? Instead of believing God for a good job, why don't you believe God for a rich man? <laughs> Somebody received that blessing. Yes. She was shocked. I said, you see? I said, so, I said, I said your prayer is skilled. You are looking in only one direction. But as a woman, you can actually also marry a rich man. I don't know whether the rest is true. Whether a man can marry a rich woman. <laughs> yeah, I told the person. I told the person. I said, look, you have to open your mind when it comes to God. Are you hearing me? Yeah. You have to open your mind. Because we are so fixated on one area that we can't believe that help can come from this way. You see? But let me tell you something. That's what it is. He was expecting the Levite. He was, see, Jesus was trying to see Jesus who told us parable. He was trying to expect that when it comes to help, don't look in a particular direction. Look to God because God can help you by any means. 
That's why he was trying to tell us about this parable. Who is your neighbor? Anybody. You'll be surprised. You will be surprised. Hallelujah. Amen. So I told her daughter, ah, nice girl. Why do you want to look for a job? Look for a good rich man. That's the reason why God made you beautiful. Also, <laughs> men are getting about five. You're also getting another five. Eight o'clock. Somebody received that blessing. I said, somebody received that blessing. Even if you are married, receive that blessing. It, it, it means one day your husband becomes so rich, your husband says, stay home. <laughs> it means one day your husband becomes so rich, he says, say, hey, honey, stay home. <laughs> the prophecy you believe is the prophecy that will happen to you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Unexpected. Hallelujah. Yeah. And the Bible says he saw as he, the man was half dead. That's not half dead. You see, let me tell you something. We sit in church, we are happy, we are shouting, I receive it, but many are half dead. Many are half dead out there. Many are half dead. They are half dead. They are just walking, but they are dead. Yeah. Many are half dead in their finances. Many are half dead in their marriage. Many are half dead in their relationship. See, let me tell you something. When you, the fact that people are laughing does not mean that people are okay. I'm preaching. The fact that people are, the fact that people are laughing and people are okay. If you were to go into the nitty-gritty, many are half dead. I say many are half dead. Yes. See, you're smiling. We are jumping, but look, many are half dead. He left him half dead. Hallelujah. Yeah. He was half dead. Hallelujah. And then, half dead. And the Bible says when he met him, when he saw him, you see, the first thing he did, he poured in the oil and the wine. The oil and the wine. He poured in. Because when people are half dead, what they need is the oil and the wine. Many are half dead. Look, many are half dead. Your colleagues, as they are smiling, they are half dead. You'll be surprised your boss who looks so mighty my, my if you cut. Yeah. They are half dead. I mean, Reverend was telling us his boss. I mean, very rich guy, gastroenterologist. He owns his own private practice. He owns a private plane. Things. He was telling them, look, he said, you know what? I wish I was like you. And he said, ah, really? you the boss? He says, every time I see you and your wife smiling and laughing, I will pay anything for that. That's what he said. I will pay anything for that. Yes, I get. But he cannot buy a smiling wife. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> So when you have a wife who's laughing and smiling like this, it's priceless. <laughs> hey, he cannot buy a smiling wife. So those of you husbands who have wives who are laughing, you don't know what you, are, what you have. I'm preaching. They say, I, can't, I will have paid anything for it. 
So every time I see you and your wife smiling, I would have paid anything for it. Yeah. Because with the private jet and all of them, when you go home, the house, you see, like Bishop says, a home is not money. A home has never been money. That is why you see somebody in Navarongo in the hut. They have more sex than you. And I'm preaching. On the hard raffia bed, they are doing acrobatics. <laughs> I'm preaching. And you, hard raffia, acrobatics is going on. And you with your big mansion, swimming pool, you don't even interact. You don't kiss anymore. <laughs> you have sleep number bed. <laughs> nothing, they have, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening on the bed. Sleep number bed. Nothing is happening. But people are in a bamboo hut on a hard rapture floor. <laughs> yeah, he said, I would have paid anything. What do that? People are half dead. They may look flashy on the outside, but they are half dead. There are some people who just have to talk, they'll begin to cry. They are broken inside. Yes. Sometimes even people sit in church, sit in church smiling. But because you don't have interacted, you don't know. You see, and when half dead, the resuscitation comes. You see, the resuscitation, Jesus was about to tell us. He said, the oil and the wine. The oil and the wine. The oil and the wine. What will really revive people when they're half dead is oil and wine. And of course, you know where they are. Wine is the blood. Bring this wine. My, this wine is my blood. The wine represents the blood of Jesus. Salvation. Real life comes by salvation. Hallelujah. Real life comes by salvation. What the look, I am sure there are a lot of multi-millionaires on our left and on our right. Who would change places with us any day? Because life, happiness, and peace, it comes by knowing Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. That is why, I'm going to talk about the Good Samaritan. That is why we must emulate the good example of the Good Samaritan. That look, people need the wine, they need the blood, they need salvation. There's no name. There's no, there's, 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 there's no name by which men can be saved. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yes. Salvation. And the oil is the Holy Spirit. The oil is the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. The oil, revival. He's that one that quickened it. What, what we need to peddle, what we need to sell, what we need to give to a, a, a half-dead world is salvation and the Holy Spirit. That is why a church that does not talk about these things, you don't know what they are talking about. Hallelujah. We are not here to talk about prosperity. They are prosperous already, they are rich out there. With the, with the one that you are talking about, money, he has more money than you, what are they talking about? What they need is the oil. And the wine. Salvation. 
Salvation. There's a dying, look, there's a dying world out there. And we need to give them salvation. This is what makes evangelism the greatest thing we can ever do. See, until you witness to them, you don't know their pain. Hallelujah. He said he poured in the oil. He poured in the oil and the wine. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, but let me say something. Let's look at 1 John 1 7. 1 John 1 7. It says that, but if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, Christ's son, cleanses us. So the real thing is the blood. Hallelujah. Look, I'm appealing to us. There's a world that is dying out there. You haven't gone into people's problems. You will see that they are dying. And what they need from you and I is salvation. Give them the oil. Pour in the oil. Pour in the wine. And you save lives. They have dead marriages. What they need is the oil. Sometimes somebody tells that, oh, we're having too many problems. And then they recommend that you go and see a psychologist. I say, psychologist, but what? Psychologists don't save nobody's problem. Even a psychologist, you're going to see himself, he's divorced. What you need is the oil and the wine. I say, even a psychologist, you're going to see himself, he's divorced. Or depressed. That's not what saves people. It's the oil and the wine. When a child is going wayward, what he needs is the oil and the wine. When you are depressed, what you need is the oil and the wine. It is the oil and the wine that revives a dying world. That is why, that is why you come to church and people are amazed at you. Because when they look at your condition, they expect you to be sad. They expect you to be depressed. But somehow you are always happy. What they don't know is that you have the oil and the wine. It's the oil and the wine. I say it's the, that's what makes the difference. That's what revives a dying world. So they are always amazed at your energy, how happy you are, and because they think that based on what you have been through, you should be dead by now, but you are still going strong because there's the oil and the wine. Hallelujah. So I challenge us. Yes. Hallelujah. You know, and another thing about this this good Samaritan, you know, the Bible was Attacked, the guy said the guy was attacked by thieves and left half dead. So any normal person who is walking that way, if you see that thieves have attacked somebody here and have left him half dead, your natural reaction would be, let me quickly pass through. Wouldn't that be your natural reaction? Why would you want to stop at a place where thieves are beating somebody? That would be, I don't want to be attacked. Let's say, God forbid, you go there and see that there's a gunshot and you have shot somebody here. Pa, 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 and see gunshot. Will you stop and take? The way you reverse your car and drive back. The last thing you will do is to park your car. When you back off, and even when they call you, me no, no, nothing. Me no, see nothing. <laughs> Just in case the gangsters are watching. That's when you became like one of my church members. Every time he's in trouble, he doesn't understand English. And she's in church today. I'm preaching. I know what I'm talking about. Every time the police catch her, anytime she's in trouble, she pretends that she doesn't understand English. <laughs> I'm telling them. Because if you can drive your car with a club on, 
because you are in a hurry. And the police stops you. Because the police tell you you are mad. Because there's only a mad person who will drive a car with a club locked on. Because you, are, you have locked your club key and you don't want to go back home. So you are trying to drive the car with a club on. And the police stops you. The police you must be mad. Immediately, you don't understand English at all. <laughs> it's also a good strategy. Me no know English. Yeah. I mean, that's what, look, that's what most of us will do. You will never. You will never go to a danger zone. So, so by this story, Jesus is also trying to show that a salvation of others is at the risk of your life. And if you are not willing to be inconvenienced, you cannot save anybody. If you are too concerned about your personal comfort and personal security, you can't save anybody. For when God loved us, he sent, he sent Jesus Christ. The Bible says he left his throne in heaven. He left the comfort of heaven and became a man and subjected himself to the details of evil men. They crucified him so he can save you and I. You don't want to even leave your house. You don't want to lose your comfort. You don't want to drive him 15 miles. How can you save somebody? Even your reputation is important to you. You don't want anybody to say, anybody to say anything bad about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Listen, to save a dying well, half dead, it will inconvenience you. It will cost you something. Yes. Yes. But we are so comfortable in our comfort zone. Unfortunately. Yeah. We all, ah, we are all watching on the news the the boys who got the, the twelve kids who got trapped in, in tight. How many? Twelve of them, right? In the cave. And their coach. Even though even though we're all excited about the total rescue, do you know a cost somebody's life? Yeah, one of the entire Navy SEALs died. Yes. One died. It cost him his life. Yes. It cost somebody's life. Hallelujah. So don't let, let us not be a church or Christians who are so comfortable in ourselves. Everything is about us. To save somebody, to help somebody. Sometimes it even costs you money even to keep somebody in church. Because sometimes the reason why somebody is leaving the church is because you are broke. If you have to keep the money, they will stay in the church. I'm preaching. So you should say, oh, why don't you come to the church? Oh, you know, this week is very tight. Oh, things are okay, don't worry. $100. You should say amen. amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. It cost me. It was risky. And that's what God did for us. Hallelujah. You know, and I like um, how the story ended. Jesus said, verse 35, I repay thee. Okay. Good. Next one, 36. Which of these th three thinkers that was the Unto him, the neighbor, that fell among the thieves. 37, you asked the question. And he said, he that showed mercy on him. This is, this, is, this is the message to all of us. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do what? Go and do what? I said, go and do what? Go and do what? What likewise? Go 
and be a Samaritan. Risk your life. Say somebody's dying. There's a half well. Spend some time. Spend some money. Go and do. I told you the story so you can go and do likewise. That's what he was telling me. Go and do likewise. Hallelujah. So, that is why I sometimes, when I think of the, this good Samaritan, I, I can also call him the good Basenta leader. And I'll explain. What is a Basenta? A Basenta leader is somebody, a Basenta leader is somebody who, you see, he carried, a Basenta leader is somebody who goes out there, people are weak and tired in your neighborhood. You witness to them in your neighborhood. Okay. It will cost you time. It will cost you money. And you carry them. He carried them. He carried them. You carry them to the inn. You bring them to the inn. So you bring them to the inn. Because what the guy was saying, that look, I'm not an innkeeper. I'm not an expert at healing you. I'm not an expert at restoring you. I can just save you. But I know somebody who can heal you. I know somebody who can restore you. I know somebody who can give you full recovery. So my duty is to carry you to the person, the inn, so that the innkeeper will take over. That is why as a presenter, you, know, you, you, you cannot preach to the person. You cannot restore the person. But at least you can invite the person to church so that the innkeeper here will keep the person. <laughs> so another title for me is an innkeeper. Because when, yeah, you, I mean, yeah, bring, you carry their broken marriages, carry their broken health, carry their broken financial. If only I can get this person to the innkeeper. So you can also call me an innkeeper. So that the, like, because I cannot fully restore you. I'm not an expert in I don't know verses. I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to uh, prophesy. I don't know how to witness. I don't know how to do that. But I know somebody who knows how do that. So I can carry it to that person so that person can take care of you. That's why we talk about a basenta. You carry the person to the church and let the pastor take over. Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Go and bring the dying world to the inn. Bring the dying world to the inn. You see, you cannot do much for them. But you're bringing them here will change their life. God is not expecting you to save them. All that is asking, you see, and what, he brought him to the end paid. He brought him to the end paid. It means that a good basenta leader is prepared to pay some money to bring somebody in. It means it will cost you something. Sometimes it, will, it, means it, it may even cost you your convenience. I was telling the pastor, a few people there after that, I went to Dover. I went to um, Delaware, our church in Delaware. You see, we've tried the Basenta system, but it was not working. And I was surprised that they had a good Basenta in Delaware. So I asked the pastor, how do you do it? The brother who's doing the Basenta well. He said, the, bas- the brother lives in Dover. Between Dover and Dover, Delaware, and Newark, Delaware, it's about one hour drive. And what the brother does is, he started the Basenta system. He meets the people on the weekday in his neighborhood, Thursday or Sunday, whatever it is, gather them. And then Sunday, he, he drives all of them to church. He's a Cameroonian brother. He drives everybody to church. Go and do likewise. <laughs> yes. Go and do likewise. He carries them to church. At a point, the people were a lot. So he split the car. His wife will drive one. He will also drive one. Two cars. 
brought them to church. Go and do likewise. So obviously it cost him something. It cost him his family time. It cost him his convenience. It cost him time with his children. But he said, I would rather do that. And uh, the, the good thing is that as he keeps on bringing the people, when the people come and the innkeeper takes them, the people themselves get stable. Now the people are, them, so are driving to church. Go and do likewise. And you can see how grateful they are to him. Let me tell you something. There's an innkeeper who has an inn already. Just bring the dying world and they'll be grateful to you. Stand up your feet. Let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When the music fades And all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Go and do likewise Something that's a word said there's a word that is dying That will bless your heart Oh, they are out there Can you bring them in? I'll bring you oil, more the oil than and the wine. a song I take him to the end For a song in its Sacrifice time. your convenience It's not what you have Sacrifice your time So that the dying world can be healed search, Can be saved, oh God You search much deeper within And know the spirit To the way things are A good Samaritan A good Basenta leader A good Basenta leader them and bring them to the end, oh God. And I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you. And it's all about you, Lord Jesus. Maybe I have that. Sorry, Lord. Maybe I'm walking dead. Maybe I have that. It's our duty. It's our duty. Carry them, oh God. All in the oil and the wine. Give them the oil and the wine and bring them. The oil and the wine and bring them. And bring them to the end, oh God. That the innkeeper will take up them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. here you are not born again it's the oil and the wine that can save a dying world the oil and the wine the blood of Jesus and the presence of the spirit so for a few moments with every eye closed and every head bowed this is a church that is concerned about saving the dying world that is why we need to bring them to the end with every eye closed and every head bowed. You are not born again. Please lift up your hand and I'll pray. Briefly, just a minute. 
Because I can see that most of you are old members. So we are, prob we are probably born again. Father, thank you for this service. Thank you for the salvation of many. But it is my prayer that we will be like the good Samaritan. We will be like the good Samaritan. The good Basenta leader. At our own expense. At our own risk. We will carry a dying world. We will carry half dead people. And bring them to the inn. And bring them to the inn. May we not come empty. May we always bring a dying world. For many are dying out there. But may we take this charge and bring a dying world so that the innkeeper will take care of them. As God sent his son to die for us, may we be grateful with our salvation. As God risked his son to save us, may we risk our comfort, our reputation, our money, our time to bring a half-dead world to the inn that they may also find salvation and healing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen. Please be seated. It's a very short message I preach to you. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.